2: I really feel like it's important for people to start being empowered in their own journeys of what it means to take care of themselves. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that means to like, not, I don't always think they can look to the health and wellness industry Mm -hmm. as the people that know it all, because honestly, it's still a money-making industry and you have to start doing the things that are right for you. And if you kind of like can figure out a way to black out, block out the noise, I think you can start understanding what's best for you. And I want everybody to be on a sustainable health journey. Like I want everyone to figure out a way to add more movement into their daily lives, to like add more rest, add more hydration, add more greens. Like, and how do you do that for the rest of your life? You're listening
1: to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley.
2: Hey guys, so welcome to She. Hi, Jordan. I'm so excited to be
1: here. Uh, so excited to have you. I am looking forward to this conversation for so many reasons, my own journey and story with working out and health and fitness and all the things. But before we get into all the nitty gritty stuff I'm excited to chat about, can we just start off by hearing a little bit of your background and story? Can you tell us a little bit about what you do, what led you to become a personal trainer and why movement has been so transformative in your life?
2: Yes. And I always, I'm like, when people ask me that question, I'm like, do you want the long version? <laughs> Or the short kind of like recap would do. What What do you want? I so, mean,
1: tell us all the things. But if you want to give us kind of the spark notes, that'll work
2: just fine. Okay. <laughs> so I am currently a movement coach with two platforms. So I have Just Move and then the brand new Start Moving. And the reason why I'm a movement coach is because. Way back in the day, I like my mom said, like I basically was in every sport because I had so much energy. So I was always a mover. I was always an athlete. But when I got into high school, I was dealing with a lot of depression. So before high school, like movement was fun for me, but I really didn't take any sport very serious. And freshman year in high school was just a really difficult time for me. And I ended up turning to soccer and track and field as a way to just kind of help myself out of that dark time. And so during that time as like a 13 year old, I fell in love with movement, not just because of like the sport and like having fun at the sport, but honestly, because it was my lifeline. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of formed my bond with movement and also like this appreciation with my body. I later went on to do track and field at the university of Washington and was just a really injured athlete. And so I revisited this, I feel like like this really important message for me that carries out throughout my life of like Mm -hmm. how valuable my body is to me and how important she is to me and how much she means to me and therefore how much I need to take care of her. Mm -hmm. And so that led me into becoming a trainer and mainly because I wanted to learn about my body and I just wanted to be able to have the tools to take care of my body. I honestly had no I really wasn't aware of the personal training world and I had no intention of going into that world. I was planning on heading back to school and becoming a social worker. So mm-hmm. I knew deep down that I wanted to work with other human beings. I just never put two and two together and realized that movement would be the tool mm-hmm. in which I got to work with them. So, through the course of like several miracles, I taught a boot camp and just fell in love right away. It was like 10 women, we did it outside. I was doing it as a favor for a friend. And in the first like five minutes of the boot camp, it just hit me over the head of like how, how the two loves that I have, of like working with people and then my love of movement got to come together. So I would say that was like the really defining moment in my career, or the first defining moment where I realized like this is what I want to do it was a roller coaster ride to end up where I am today. And we can get into the details of that, but that's kind of what led me to becoming a movement coach.
1: Yeah. I love it. It's so interesting how sometimes we don't always put the two and two together right away of like yeah. the different things that we love or the challenge, the passions or the, the talents that we have. And then sometimes they come together in a very unexpected way. And you're like, Oh, how did I not see that before? <laughs>
2: I love it. Exactly. That I mean, and also like from the outside world, it was like, everyone saw it for me, but no, I'm like, why didn't everyone tell me like, this? yeah, <laughs> right. Talk- that would have saved me a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I love it. you know, Awesome. I came to it on my own and definitely have not looked back since. Yeah, I
1: love that. Well, something that you talk a lot about and that I really resonate with is how health is a feeling, not a look. I would love if we can dig into what you mean by that and your and your heart behind that, because I completely agree. But I think this is something we need to hear more than yeah. we do.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think for me, that really started as a rookie trainer. I am coming from a background of fitness and performance, like being really excited about all the things my body could do for mm-hmm. me. I was never really all that concerned about what she looked like. And so when I became a trainer, as ignorant, honestly, as it sounds, my mind was blown that 99% of the clients that came in kept saying like, I want to lose, I'm here because I want to lose, you know, 20 pounds. Like that's my goal. And originally I kept telling them, okay, well, I'm not the trainer for you, so you can go train with them or them. And eventually I looked around and I was like, wow, like I literally, I have no clients. This isn't going to work. I clearly need to change my perspective in terms of being able to meet people where they're at. And in some sense I realized early on, like it's my job to to kind of create an environment and show them through actions that health is a feeling. It is not a look. Mm-hmm. And that like, if they're being told, especially women, mm-hmm. if they're being told by the outside world and media that their biggest value is what they look like, then me trying to combat that is not going to work. I have to mm-hmm. actually show them and set up environments. And mm-hmm. so from that moment on, I really created a foundation. Like my programs and my training was all built in in really like helping women become strong and powerful in their bodies and really empowered by what their bodies could do so that they cared a little less and less every day about what they looked like. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't, they knew that that wasn't their number one value. And so that's where kind of like my simple saying of like health is a feeling, it's not a look. And like having these reminders for, I mean, I did have a handful of men that mm-hmm. that I used these with too, but like yeah. I just like mainly my population was women and like mm-hmm. just helping them remember that like what you look like does not define who you are. But mm-hmm. like your body is your best friend and you mm-hmm. have to learn that taking care of it is of the utmost importance. Mm-hmm. And if you're trashing it every single day because you think that, you know, her only value is like or your body's only value is what it looks like, mm-hmm. then we're missing the point here. But I, yeah. I I just had to set up environments where they learned that. Yeah. So that was yeah. one of my key Key things. Yeah,
1: I love it. Well, and I think you're, it, it's so true that we so often make like weight loss or a size or transformation physically or like our, in our appearance the goal. And sometimes yeah. I think we can actually harm ourselves trying to achieve that look because we're, we then don't nourish very well or we overextend ourselves or we burn ourselves out on exercise before we don't do it sustainably, right? Because there's such a like hyper fixation on the look. And that's just kind of my analysis because I've, and that's my own experience. I know I've I've been in that season before where I'm like, oh, I just want to lose X amount of weight or get, you know, toned in this area. And sometimes you kind of miss the over the bigger picture of what health really is. But I'd be curious what you think. Like, why do you think it could be harmful to make weight loss the ultimate goal? And why is it so important to prioritize health and wholeness over body transformation?
2: Yeah. And I just want to underline what you're saying, Jordan, because it's not sometimes, it's all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it, it all of the time it gets in the way because. First of all, like the image of health that we're sold is actually not 99.9% of the time, is not a healthy body. Mm-hmm. And if somebody is in a healthy body with this like shredded six pack and all the other things that you see, they're honestly, they're just like a genetic freak of nature. Mm-hmm. Like that is just not what is the normal healthy body. Mm-hmm. And so, the idea that we have and the goals that we're going for of looking a certain way are never, we're never going to achieve them in a healthy manner. Mm -hmm. And so people are sold this message of changing the way that they look, obviously, because it makes the fitness and wellness industry a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And then they're frustrated like a month in because they don't look that way. And then they, they don't continue to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And so we're constantly setting people up for disappointment rather Mm -hmm. than saying, In all reality, like your goal should be to live in a healthy body and take care of this body because one, it's the only body that you have. Mm -hmm. And two, like, how do you live your life without your body? Like you Mm -hmm. have to take care of your body. Like, Mm -hmm. and so for me, that's the conversation of like, it's not about focusing on eating healthy and moving to lose weight. It's Mm -hmm. focusing on that to be the healthiest version of yourself. And if you have weight to lose, you will when you sleep more, when you hydrate, when you eat a little better, when you move more, like the natural state of your body will happen. And then working on like really what that means to accept that. But the thing for me is like, when you are in a healthier body, your mind is healthier too. And you have such a different perspective and appreciation of what your body is doing for you, what you're capable of. And you're so much more empowered by that, that you're not just looking for that one thing of of trying to look a certain way in a bikini. Yeah, totally.
1: You know, I think back on my own journey and it's interesting because I think there's such a focus, I think, like you said, kind of in the fitness world on weight loss. But something that I kind of found was in order for me to be healthiest, like I was super shredded, super lean, like running all the time. And I looked really healthy, in shape, whatever you want to call it, but I didn't know I was burning out my thyroid, tapped adrenals. Like yeah. there were all of these internal health imbalances happening. My my hormones were all off. Like it was not necessarily a really whole and nourished version of myself, even though I had all the tone, right? And I think that's not really talked about. And what I actually ended up having to do is as I started to learn more about how to better nourish myself and sleep better, my body actually needed to gain a little weight, which was really hard for me because it seemed like the opposite of what health should look like, right? And that doesn't mean I just like binged and overate and all the things, but it's like, wow, like I I was severely under eating accidentally because I thought that's what I was supposed to be doing. And come to find out 1200 calories a day is not sufficient for a grown woman, you know? And like coming to that realization was interesting because again, there's such a focus on weight loss and being as lean as possible. I think when you're thinking about getting healthy or getting in shape or whatever you want to call it. And we very often neglect to to talk about like, you may have some weight to lose. And if you start living a healthier lifestyle, it will probably come off. But also your body may actually need to gain a little weight to be able to better support you. Like there's two sides to this conversation. And I think we only ever hear about
2: one. Would you agree? Oh, a thousand percent. And honestly, because the one that we hear about is the one that makes corporations a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Like we have to keep going back to that. And the thing Mm -hmm. is, is like the same exact story is true for me from when the outside world looked at me and thought that I was like the the definition of health. I was at my most Mm -hmm. unhealthiest. And for me, there's a really easy correlation of my mental health. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of times when I'm physically at my most unhealthiest, I also am in a very, very, low, you know, like dark Mm -hmm. place. And so they correlate really easily. But Mm -hmm. for me right now, like if we want to just talk about, wait, I don't step on a scale, but I can tell you this based on what pants fit. Mm -hmm. I am the heaviest I have ever been, but Mm -hmm. I am honestly the healthiest Mm -hmm. and the happiest that I've ever been. And I think like, there's a lot of correlation between being happy and being healthy and being content in the body that you have. And I just, I think that it's, it's why I'm so loud about pushing the message that like health is really a feeling and it is not a look. And I think it's just a hard thing for people to grasp. And it's a long journey for people to kind of like decide
1: to go on. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also, I think there's resistance to that because I think then quickly it can become like, well, are you pushing that people be overweight? And it's like, well, no, not necessarily, but just like being underweight or overweight can be just as harmful if you're not living a healthy lifestyle, but it's like where your body naturally settles when you're nourishing it well, like that's probably where your body wants to be, you know? And it's (laughs) like- Like, absolutely if you have healthy habits and you're working on that like I think that's I think that's the part that gets unsaid and we immediately jump to where well, are you pushing for like p- like obesity it's like no obviously not but it can be so easy to miss the, the the heart of the message when we hear these things in in the world that's constantly pushing for lean you know shredded all the things
2: absolutely and also we know that like the BMI scale yes. you know like oh, I'm technically morbidly like I'm obese and it's like the person that like is is really that people have like a spotlight on right now is Lizzo. I was just Mm. at Lizzo's concert. I watched her work out Mm. at her concert for three and a half hours. That woman is like the epitome of what it means to move and be in shape and take care of yourself. And I'm sure like, I don't know her eating habits, but you cannot look at someone and say, based on what they look like, Mm. I know if they're healthy or Mm. not. It's just, it's proven time and time again, it just doesn't sell right now. And yeah. so it's not the message that is the loudest. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true.
1: So I want to talk about this on a practical level, because I think this is also really important. I think, you know, all of us at some point or another have probably scrolled social media or come across before and after photos of an exercise program or diet, et cetera. And I, I think we'd both agree that these photos can be more harmful than they are helpful at times, but I'd be curious to your thoughts on that and kind of to, piggyback off that question, what does it look like on a practical level to use movement and nourishment and all of these things as a tool for growth and empowerment rather than as a means to just lose weight or punish ourselves for eating cake?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's so many layers to this. I have an like actually an adverse physical reaction to before and after <laughs> because the only thing again what you're seeing is a change in what the physical body looks like mm-hmm. and then we're using that as motivation but you have no idea whether or not and most of the time I would arguably say like those people are not they're not in a quote-unquote healthy body that's actually sustainable. Mm -hmm. So before and afters are much more for the actual photo, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, all the cover photos that you see on magazines, like those models are so dehydrated, Mm -hmm. so unhealthy to make sure that that one second cover photo shoot looks a certain way. Like it's just not the definition of health. Mm -hmm. And so I am adamant, like I am so against before and after photos. Like Mm -hmm. I love, if you want to do anything before and after, like show me how, uh, like the movements that you're doing, like Mm -hmm. where your squats started and where your squats at now, or like, you know, like show me things that are like physical performance. Mm -hmm. I love that type of stuff, but I refuse to just define who we are by what we look like. Mm And I think, yeah, I think that's just a layered thing. And I hate to just keep going back to the obvious, but it's like, I really feel like it's important for people to start being empowered in their own journeys of what it means to take care of themselves. And sometimes that means to like, not, I don't always think they can look to the health and wellness industry Mm -hmm. as the people that know it all, because honestly, it's still a money-making industry and you have to start doing the things that are right for you. And if you kind of like can figure out a way to black out, block out the noise, Mm -hmm. I think you can start understanding what's best for you. And I want everybody to be on a sustainable health journey. Like Mm -hmm. I want everyone to figure out a way to add more movement into their daily lives, to like add more rest, add more hydration, add more greens. Like, and how do you do that for the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. Not just for like, you know, a two week challenge. Right, like
1: how do you make it a lifestyle?
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Have you been wanting to make the switch to cleaner living and clean beauty, but feeling really overwhelmed on where to start and how to sift through all the different options out there? Friend, I get it. I have been there. When I first started my clean living journey, I was so overwhelmed and I was having such a hard time in one area in particular. I was having a really hard time finding beauty products that were clean safe, toxin-free, but also really worked. Because the tricky part was I wanted to use clean products, but every time I would try clean makeup or clean shampoo or clean skincare, it just seemed like they didn't work as well as my old toxic favorites. And I found myself always wanting to go back to the more conventional stuff because it actually worked. My makeup stayed all day. My skincare was working well. So I was having a really hard time in this area until I discovered Crunchy. Crunchy is a high-performing, clean beauty brand that honestly performs just as well, if not better, than my old toxic favorites. Not only that, but they are eco-friendly, they're plastic positive, which means they take more plastic out of the environment than they put in, and they're also Leaping Bunny certified and cruelty-free as well as vegan. So if you've been looking for a clean option for makeup and skincare, for clean beauty, but you just need something that works well and that doesn't harm the environment and that doesn't harm animals crunchy is the place to be i highly recommend starting with the primer and foundation when it comes to makeup or the cleansing bar and the clarolite when it comes to the skincare and if you use my link you can get ten dollars off your first order so just go to crunchy.com slash jordan and the ten dollars off will apply on the last page of checkout to your first order or you can just tap the link in the show notes on this episode to shop with that link and get the ten dollars off applied to your first order Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she thrivemarket.com slash she. I think what's really key in that is like you said to make it sustainable It has to work for your life and it has to be something that you enjoy It shouldn't feel like a punishment or you're not going to stick with it So I want to know what tips or Even strategies you have for making movement fun and even life affirming Especially for those who've never really been into fitness or have not had good experiences with it in the past Where it's always been kind of like a four-week boot camp to lose weight or a punishment type thing versus like something that is Fun and life affirming. How can we make it more fun?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, you have to be willing to test a handful of things out and figure out what works for you. Mm -hmm. Me, for example, I am someone, even though I'm a movement coach, my most favorite way to move is by having another trainer coach Mm -hmm. me. Mm And so I am constantly trying to set myself up for wins and like for success. And I know that my day-to-day life is extremely busy. I actually don't do a good job holding myself accountable to my own workout. So Mm -hmm. I rarely work out alone. I work out with my coach because that's what works best for me. Mm -hmm. I've had periods of time where my favorite thing was to grab a friend and go to group exercise classes because I knew I'd be accountable to her and I'd have fun in the class. Mm -hmm. So I think for people, it's like really looking at your life and saying like, what what is going to hold me accountable? How am I going to best succeed at adding movement into my daily life? What are some of the things that I enjoy? We, we always think that movement has to happen at this box, which mm-hmm. we call the gym mm-hmm. lifting weights, which is like such an odd or concept. I, or, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I, I do happen to love that. I'll be honest, but mm-hmm. like the majority of the world probably doesn't enjoy just going to a gym and working out. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is like, Bodies were meant to move, and there's a million ways that you can move around, get your heart rate up. You can go outside for a walk. You can clean your house. You can stretch at your computer. Like, there's a million ways to add movement into your day. And I think it's like figuring out how you can do that. I say to my dad all the time, I'm like, park a little further away in the parking lot, take the stairs when you can, and just like figure out the small wins because all of those small wins add up. You don't have to be. A quote unquote workout fitness person. Mm-hmm. You just have to figure out how to add more movement into your daily life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. I love those examples too, because those are things we don't think about, because I think, especially in the West, we think exercise is in this box like you said of I go to the gym I do my workout I leave and for most of us that's a may not work with our schedule in the season we're in or it could be something that we fall behind on but like choosing ways that are enjoyable and also that you can just work into the things you're already doing like going to the grocery store or going to the office or whatever squeezing in a bit more of that movement in a really practical way is a win like and I think we just don't think about that because we're like if I'm not in my lululemon outfit at the gym curling like it must not count you know it's like it
2: all counts a thousand percent. And I think a good reminder for like what I try to tell people is just like try to remind yourself that anything is better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Like literally one minute of some belly breathing and like neck rolls while you're stressed and sitting at your your computer is a game changer. So Mm -hmm. anything is better than nothing. And it all adds up because the funny thing about the body, the body was made to move. And the more you start moving it, the better it's going to feel. And the more like rewards you get. So the more you're going to want to add it into your day. Yeah. So good. Okay. So here's another
1: question that I think is a tricky one, but I want to hear your thoughts on it. So for a lot of us, exercise can be a stress reliever or something we turn to when we're stressed to kind of get that relief or that release. But when exercise is overdone, it can also actually be a stressor on the body. So I'm curious what you would say about the importance of incorporating rest and recovery into our movement, into
2: our schedules. (sighs) Jordan, you're like in my mind and in my life right now. So I am currently dealing with overdoing it. Like I have an, I have an overuse injury. I am someone that deals with mental health on a level of like movement is the first thing I do go to therapy, but movement's the first thing I do. It's the first tool in my tool belt to help me feel better. And I can tend to overdo it. And there's 1000%. I want everyone to hear me say there is a way to overdo movement. And I think for me, one of the biggest things is understanding that I like to move every single day, but the way in which I move really, really matters. Mm -hmm. And so recovery is in when, when I am doing my best, I have a really healthy relationship between working out hard and recovering just as hard or a little harder. Mm -hmm. And I think we just don't value, we either don't value or just maybe or maybe we just don't know how important recovery is in like recovery movement, mm-hmm. um, recovery in terms of sleep, hydration, your nutrition. But there are so many ways that we can take care of our body and still move. Like mm-hmm. my mobility recovery workouts, like taking things down a, a notch, mm-hmm. doing like walking, going outside and walking. But yeah, a thousand percent. I think we're in a culture of like more is better, work mm-hmm. harder. And I, I just think that's a really unhealthy pattern for us to be in. And yeah. personally- I know that and I'm I'm dealing with it. And and I have many times before and it will lead to an injury. And Mm -hmm. that's what it did for me. And it will lead to at some point in time, your body will tell you like, nope, we're done here. And your body was probably trying to warn you many, many times before that. But at a certain Mm -hmm. point in time, you just won't be able to keep doing it. Yeah.
1: Well, you you touched on the word mobility. And I want to come back to that because I think we I think that's a really important thing. And some of us are not always familiar with what that means. But you talk about the importance of mobility, which is really something that I think a lot of people don't even think about unless they've been injured or they're injured and have an injury. So let's go back to that really quick. What is mobility? What are mobility workouts? Essentially, you just mentioned that. And why is it so important and how can we incorporate it into our daily movement?
2: Yeah, I love that. So I will say that mobility is a little bit of a foreign thing. And I actually didn't really dive into it until I was working on healing myself from my college injuries and trying Mm -hmm. to figure out like, how do I take care of myself? And through my education, really realized that taking care of your joints is of the utmost importance. So mobility is the practice of taking through ranges of motion, taking your, your joints through their entire range of motion. Mm -hmm. So without getting too technical, your muscles are reacting to what's happening at your joint. So like, let's say you take your shoulder joint and you roll it in a circle. Mm -hmm. Well, if your shoulder joint can't go in a very big circle, your muscles will never really go through their full range of Mm -hmm. motions, no matter how much you try to lift or stronger you get. Like if you're never going through its entire range of motion, you're never going to get the full impact of like how strong or how powerful you can be. But also like moving your joints around helps like synovial fluid, it. It just helps your joints feel better. And when your joints feel better, your entire body feels better. Hmm. And so I actually, I would say that my most successful work is in all of my mobility programs because it's the most instant way for someone to feel better in their body. Hmm. Because most of the time when you are stiff, when you are tight, when you are dealing with injuries, a lack of movement movement will make all of that worse, but doing really thoughtful movement that makes sure that you're taking care of your body in a gentle way, but like taking it through its ranges of motion helps you feel so much better and sets you up for success in order to be moving, you know, for like into your later ages and also to be as like, it's hard for people to imagine, but like for me the moment I started taking care of my body at 35, 36, thirty-six. I'm a better athlete than I was in college at 21 mm-hmm. because I am so much healthier in this body, and most of that has to do with my recovery practice and my mobility practice. Yeah,
1: so interesting. I'm over here like doing arm circles now. I'm like, I got to get yeah. on your mobility programs because <laughs> it's such yes. an overlooked oh thing. Yeah. You're so right. Like it is such an overlooked thing, and I think it is something that not enough of us are familiar with. But as you explain that, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah, super helpful. I'm thinking you broke
2: that down. Yeah. And the truth is Jordan, like most of the time when I'm having a conversation with people, that's actually where I want them to start. Mm -hmm. Like, with a lot of their practice, I'm like, don't start by like going crazy. Start by giving your body what it actually needs to like build a healthy foundation and set yourself up for success and, and to just start feeling good in your body. So we start with a lot of mobility. Yeah, that's great. Okay, last
1: question I want to touch on before we wrap up. And this kind of goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning. But I think for a lot of women, fitness and health can be tied to negative perceptions of themselves and of their bodies. So what yeah. practical steps do you take to deal with negative body image, negative self-talk and all of that that can come with that? And what is the importance importance of appreciating your body and treating it kindly?
2: Oh my gosh. Okay. So first and foremost, I'm going to start with my favorite mantra that I tell myself. I am more than my body. Mm -hmm. And I know this is like, it can, it can be a confusing thing, but we're going to dive into this for my entire life. I have been defined by what I look like, which means the exterior, my body defines Mm -hmm. to most people who I am, how I operate in this world. Like that's what they see me as. And so in order for me to see myself as something other than the body that I'm in, I've worked really, really hard to have a relationship with my body. So Mm -hmm. hear me out. I call my body a she, because I think of her as my best friend, but I am very clear to keep it as a separate thing. So I'm Kaisa. Like I consider myself to be a fun, loving, passionate, sometimes funny, loud, Mm -hmm. courageous, all those things that you feel like describe you. And then on the other side, I have a powerful body that I'm very grateful for. And she is my best friend, but I think women have to first and foremost, stop and, and everybody, Mm -hmm. but really women have to stop defining themselves first by what they look like Mm -hmm. and start being empowered in who they are Mm -hmm. in how they are to themselves in their relationships, in the workplace, like find empowerment in the things that you are doing in the world. And the more you can do that, the less, impact what your body looks like will have on you. And I will say this, but also following it up and saying every single day I look in the mirror and I have thoughts Mm -hmm. about things that I want to change about the way that I look. Mm -hmm. And it's not, my goal is never to have that not happen. I know it's not reality. I am never going to look in the mirror and honestly say, Oh, I just, I love everything about me. I love it all. That's just not the truth. But my goal is always to not have those thoughts linger. So when I look in the mirror and I'm like, your arms are so big. Two seconds later, I follow it up and be like, yeah, you know what? But I can do 10 pull-ups and 20 push-ups and I'm grateful for what my body can do. And thank you very much. And we're moving on. Mm -hmm. So my goal is never to be defined. I know that I will, but my practice is constantly to be able to reiterate to myself that I'm grateful for what my body does. She is my best friend. I need to take care of her without her. I'm not getting up every single day and going to do the things that I love. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful, but she also doesn't define who I am in this world.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. I think, th- I think that we really do put a lot of our identity in our image and how we look. Yeah. And I think yeah. being able to like appreciate your body as a, as a core component of who you are and the fact that your body and your soul are essentially like united in one, but at the same time, taking your identity and your whole like sense of who you are out of the appearance or the size of your arms or the weight or whatever, and differentiating those two things, yet still having that appreciation of like, but this body is my like vessel. This is how I do the things that I was born to do, you know, and being able to lean into that and, and appreciate that. And kind of like, it sounds like even reframe. Like, you might have a thought of like, oh, my arms look big today, or I don't like this. But then being able to be like, but here's the other half of that equation. Like, they're strong. I'm able to lift. I'm able to do these things. Like, here's why that matters. Okay, great. Moving on. Like, it helps you to just kind of fill in the gaps of the story. Cause I think we focus on the negative so quickly and filling in the full picture of like, yeah, they may look a little bit big, but here's why. And here's what I need to remember. Like, that reframing and that filling in the whole story, I think can help us get to a healthier place a lot faster. So I love that.
2: Amen. And I think it's why moving for the sake of like feeling empowered in your body by what your body can do Mm -hmm. is really, really important because I, sometimes when people hear me say this, they're like, well, it's really easy for you. Like you're in a muscular, like able-bodied woman, like, you know, that's Mm -hmm. easy for you to say. But the thing is when I was in fifth grade, when I was in middle school, I'm genetically muscular Mm -hmm. when I was, I'm 36 years old. So back then there were no, there was no social media. I didn't even, I didn't grow up with a TV. So I never saw female athletes or anyone that looked like me. Mm -hmm. So for me, I had my own struggles of being like, I look more similar to the boys in my class Mm -hmm. than I do to any woman or any girl that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. But I also had to find, I made an early connection of like, I am a really good athlete because Mm -hmm. I look this way. And Mm -hmm. I found a lot of confidence in what my body could do. And so the, pa- like the power that it held over me of what I looked like became less and less. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's why I'm always trying, especially like with movement, it's like, go see what your body can do so that you have an appreciation for why it looks the way that it looks. And that honestly, so at the end of the day, like it's really not, it does not control your life. As much when you are proud of what your body does, when I can remember that, like my body just lifted 300 pounds, mm-hmm. like that's wild to do that. Or I can do all these crazy things that those are like my weird goals, but you can have any body goal, you know, mm-hmm. performance goal you want, but you have such a different appreciation for what your body can do. And less of like a pressure for it to look a certain way. Yeah, that's so good. I love that.
1: Okay, this has been so, I think, necessary. So thank you for sharing everything that you have. For those who would love to check out the resources you have available, learn more from you, follow your journey, all the things, where can they find you and where can they find your resources?
2: Yes. I love that. So you can always find me on Instagram at kites of fit. Um, also if you have any questions, like I am uh, in my DMS 24 seven. So ask me questions, reach out to me. My two movement platforms are just move. So if you are a beginner, intermediate, advanced mover, head over to just move. We have a million online at home workout programs and that's where most of my programs live. If you are just getting started in your movement journey, if you're dealing with pain or you're not quite sure where to begin and you consider yourself a true beginner, then you head over to startmoving.com. And that's where I have all of my true beginner workouts.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing all of this. Thank you for the work that you're doing, the message you're sharing. I think that we need this reminder more often than not. So really appreciate the time and all that you've
2: shared here. Thank you so much for having me, Jordan. I love having this conversation with you.
1: I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit JordanLeedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.